welcome to the Zenov podcast series on hyper intelligent automation or HIA. HIA is a technology born from the confluence of AI and RPA, evolving from a conventional automation tool to a strategic enterprise game changer. In this series, we bring to you our conversations with leading automation gurus and industry mavericks on how they are defining new possibilities and business outcomes through automation. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of the Zenov podcast Hyperintelligent Automation series. I'm Nishchay Mittal, Principal and Global Head for Automation and AI at Zenov and I'll be your host today. 2020 was a power-packed year for automation and COVID propelled the never-seen-before enterprise demand for automation. We also saw multiple high-profile acquisitions and a continued inflow of VC investments. While 2020 was a great year for hyper-intelligent automation or HIA, we expect the momentum not only to continue but also to amplify manifolds as we enter 2021. In order to throw more light on some of the key defining trends within the automation space, I have with me today Alex Leshock, CEO of WorkFusion. Alex is an industry veteran with over 20 years of experience and in his latest stint with WorkFusion, he is leading the charge to propel the platform as a major player within the hyper-intelligent automation space. We are absolutely thrilled to have you with us today, Alex. Welcome to the show. Hello, Nishay. Happy to be here. Thanks, Alex. So let's dive right in and learn from you and your perspectives of the market. Uh, so Alex, you have been at the helm of this innovative and fast-growing company since the last six years, and you have successfully been able to carve out a niche for WorkFusion during this period. What have been some of the key highlights or learnings for you over these six years? It's a great question, Nishay. I think the last six years capture almost the whole existence of hyper automation or, or RPA as a concept. And so during these years, we have seen, I would say, probably three stages. First is disbelief and denial. First, reports from Gartner saying that RPA is a fad, uh, that automation should only be done through APIs and coding. Then gradual growth over the next couple of years of automation companies unlocking the value trapped in people wanting to automate but not having access to the tools that help them do that. And then finally now, coming out out of COVID, uh, coming out out of pandemic with pent-up demand, automation accelerating and, and is becoming truly uh, one of the major lines of investment for every, every technology and every operations leader. And so through these three phases, I think we've learned a lot. Uh, WorkFusion, as you've pointed out, has its focus on its own area, regulated service industries. We primarily type target banking and insurance today. And, and we've learned that some ideas, you know, take longer, to, longer to, to get accepted fully, but once they do, they really explode. And, uh, I think that pretty much describes the journey of Fusion. Got it. Got it. And Alex, I think none of the conversations today are complete without a mention of the COVID pandemic or scenario, which happened last year. So, uh, and we all know that COVID has had a transformational impact on the automation needs of enterprises, right? So. What was your experience during the COVID times and how do you think automation helped alleviate the challenges of some of your enterprise customers? We, we focus, uh, Nishe, as I mentioned, on uh, specific segments. Within banking and insurance, we saw a dramatic disruption in document-intensive processes. And that was true for both undigitized channels of interaction with customers, where we saw paper-intensive uh, processes come, come apart because people were no longer able to come and submit documents in person. And uh, on digitized channels where the volumes 
uh, of interaction have spiked dramatically. So I think both on undigitized and digitized side, COVID has accelerated dramatically the needs for automation. People needing to move their customers towards much more digital channels of interaction, but then also becoming much more effective in how they handle customer interactions. And automation tools play an important part, I think, in that, in, in the sense that they help understand the data that is submitted by the customers and they help process it much more effectively, thereby creating much more agile operation that helps organizations not, not just deal with the pandemic, but come out, out of this crisis stronger. Because that's what we saw, that companies that have leaned in into 2020, into that very difficult period with investment mindset, they were able to capture market share and they were able to launch new products and, and make progress in their markets. And I think in part that could be credited to automation. Got it. And uh, the other big trend, uh, Alex, which came out of the COVID pandemic was this massive uptake of cloud deployments, right? We saw a huge enterprise demand for cloud and being in the banking and financial services domain, do you think large enterprises today are more comfortable with hosting their mission critical workloads in cloud or is the cloud growth being propelled by the smaller or mid-sized market logo? So what's what's been your overall experience with respect to cloud deployments since last year? I, th- I think cloud adoption is progressing across all segments, small, medium-sized companies and also very large organizations. We definitely focusing on the larger part of the market and uh, we saw a lot of organizations embracing cloud and really taking another look at what capabilities they they own in-house, what capabilities they build versus what capabilities they consume from their partners more generally, but more specifically from the cloud. And I think there is also to this, you know, on this cloud topic, there is come for the tools, stay for the network type, the dynamic where initial adoption of cloud is usually prompted by time to value. Can we get these servers spun up for faster? Can we get access to service faster? But companies that, suppliers that are able to deliver value from the cloud, whereby each customer benefits from other customers being on the platform, they create additional dynamics accelerating adoption. For example, in WorkFusion's case, intelligent animation cloud customers, customers of our product, uh, are able to benefit from machine learning and artificial intelligence enabled bots that are being run by other customers on the platform. So if you train a bot, other customers can then benefit from your training and you can benefit from the training done on their bots. And so in well initially cloud adoption may be prompted by urgent needs in being able to reduce the cost and reduce time to value in, in just rollout of the service, organizations like ours that also create additional value through through network components of the cloud, I think you know, create additional imperative for, for, for companies big and small to move to a cloud way of consuming things. Alex, you mentioned an important uh, trend around this whole uh, multi-platform or multi-vendor environment which we're in today, right? Uh, even at Zeno, we've been tracking more than 500 platforms, which are now targeting this whole automation space. Do you think enterprises today have really matured in going beyond a single automation vendor to working comfortably in a multi-vendor environment? And do you expect this trend to continue as we go on? No, I, I, I don't think the market has matured yet. By, by, by no means, I, I think we haven't gotten to the point where Automation is such a commodity 
that it doesn't matter which platform you use. So I think while there are many offerings, uh, there are still those that, that differentiate pretty easily, be that through their vertical focus on the types of personas and use cases that they target, or be that through their pricing or positioning mechanisms. Uh, we, we focus on the needs of large organizations, primarily you know, banks that are north of you know, $5 billion of assets under management or insurance companies that are uh, having volume of underwriting, claim, underwriting documents and claims that, that merits automation. Uh, but there are companies that focus on, you know, other types of personas. There is open source animation tools focused on IT users. There are companies out there focusing on the needs of small and medium-sized businesses. And I think those needs vary. I don't think a big bank or an insurance company needs the same things that a two to three people accounting firm uh, does. Uh, neither do I think that somebody in IT department has the same way of thinking or the same capabilities of developing animation person in you know human resources department, and and so through the through those varying needs, inevitably there is fragmentation in the space where tools that focus on business needs you know, are able to to get market share. Uh, obviously, not all not all segments are equal in in the sense that some are much larger than the others. Um, but uh, overall, I think we, we still are discovering the needs of the customers. Uh, I think we're still developing capabilities to, to match those needs. I, I speak for, for the whole space, I think. And uh, we're in the very early days of capturing this opportunity. Got it, Alex. And building a bit upon, uh, you know, the aspect that you touched upon earlier, I think there are two broad schools of thoughts, right, uh, when we look at the automation space. One is we see platforms which are going the breadth route and focusing on all the horizontal use cases for automation. The other kind of platforms we see is uh, who are going the depth route and focusing on two or three big use cases or focusing on a specific industry or verticalization, right? Which strategy do you think works the best with enterprises, Alex? Or do you think it's a hybrid strategy of approach uh, You know, that's really working best? I think from the enterprise standpoint, hybrid strategy in early days of the market makes sense just because most organizations are still developing capabilities to deploy animation at scale. And so in that, they need to learn. And so they need to use multiple tools. Having that said, I think most organizations that have well thought out enterprise architecture will end up with a combination of tools. For the business architecture that they have, where, whereby some capabilities touch many different areas, they will have a horizontal platform that handles that. And for areas of the business where they need them more agile or differ a lot, they will use uh, more specialized tools. I think we, we see this uh, in other areas of technology, such as analytics or uh, data management, and, and I think we'll see similar trends emerge here. The question is, uh, I think, also for on the supply end, you know, which strategy is better for technology vendors to embrace? And I think hybrid strategy on that end doesn't, doesn't bode well for the company. I think organizations need to decide whether they focus on these horizontal use cases or whether they bring value through through those that that have needs that that, that differ and uh, and and stick to that just because they can then you know become more effective and deliver more value for their customers and and clearly I think we see some leaders emerging in horizontal space uh, and I think we see some leaders emerging in more vertical spaces 
I think, you know, when, when we talk about work fusion, uh, you know, our leadership position in Gardner Magic Quadrant or Forrester RPE wave doesn't come from the fact that we are best at giving kind of good enough tools to broad set of users and personas for a variety of use cases. I think our positioning is pretty clear in that when, you know, there is a lot of different ways to automate, but when things come to banking and insurance, WorkFusion is by far the best choice. Uh, and so we've committed ourselves to this strategy, and I think we it's been recognized by the enterprises. Uh, when, you know, when, when we talk to buyers, you know, head of know your customer operations or head of treasury operations or head of, uh, you know, home lending, within banking or somebody who is responsible for intake of underwriting forms of an insurance company, uh, they, in most cases, know that there are options for them in terms of automation tools that they rely on. But uh, when when they see that there is a solution that solves more of their problem, gives them a whole product for, for, for an automation opportunity that they have, we see them increasingly committing to, to specialized vendor needs, and, and that's, that's where WorkFusion shines. Got it. And Alex, uh, being heavily focused on the banking and financial services industry, you know, which is your forte, what are some of your learnings in dealing with the highly legacy-driven banks right, or uh, enterprises within the BFS space? What do you think are the best practices that you can maybe uh, provide to some new and upcoming automation startups uh, who are looking to enter the BFS industry? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Shaya. I think um, the learning for us is is in many ways kind of deeper understanding of how disruption works. And uh, for us, as I think it did for many other technologies, disruption happens by starting in pockets of unlocking value of where the users are underserved. For automation, underserved users were operational associates, operational leaders who didn't have access to technology that they could consume, that they could deploy. And so by giving them technology kind of in a bottom-up way where they can easily start, easily get going, don't need specialized skills, and then can over time tackle bigger and bigger problems, automation unlocks unlock the value of that exists for enterprises in getting that capital, that human capital, do more for organization, for the customers. So so, so I think is the case with any new areas in that it is not probably a good idea to go and try to convince a bank to replace you know, their payment platform uh, as a startup. Uh, neither I think it is a good idea to create a startup that goes and says, look, you need to have a new core banking system. These are very long decision cycles. Uh, and so I think, you know, a startup would probably run out, out of money before before they get you know, a handful of customers. I think for young organizations, it is extremely important to understand where broad slices of value are trapped within an organization because the users are underserved by technology. And then understand why, you know, these big legacy systems are unable to do that and, and package technology in a way that makes it usable and uh, through that, unlock that value, and that value will translate to, to value for customers and the organization. And some of that value can be then captured by a startup, and gradually, organization can become stronger and stronger and start tackling bigger and bigger problems, including some of the, you know, fundamental, and then, and then eventually become a big building block in a bank or an insurance company in terms of their technology stack. 
but it, uh, I, I think it is a lot easier to start uh, by being focused and, uh, and focus on where the value is trapped. And uh, that's, that's, I think, a great departure point for any younger organization serving a bank or an insurance company. Sure. Very astute observations, Alex. Thanks for sharing these learnings. Uh, and looking ahead, uh, Alex, what's in store for WorkFusion in 2021? Any key announcements or product features that you're personally excited about? Yeah, happy to talk about that. We were, we're at our most excited uh, at this point. Uh, I am certainly feel most optimistic that, that I have ever been for in terms of thinking about opportunities for WorkFusion and for other mission space more broadly. Uh, that excitement comes from the fact that, as we've talked, customers are really leaning in into cloud way of delivering automation. Customers accelerating digitization of their undigitized channels and want to become more effective in their digitized channels and use automation for that. And that translates to what we can do for them and uh, future opportunities. And I think they're vast. I think I think there is so much more that, that still remains to be done relative to what has been accomplished in the first six years. You know, companies that have ingredients for success, they will be successful. And certainly WorkFusion focusing, you know, being in this very active, perhaps the most active segment of B2B business-to-business software, focusing on the segment of banking and insurance, which is the largest segment of that industry. Uh, certainly, we are very excited. And uh, Nishay, I also want to mention, we haven't really announced it publicly quite yet, but are starting to talk about that, uh, that investors uh, are also very eager to deploy resources against this opportunity. And so WorkFusion in the past few few weeks has has worked with investors to secure another round of financing. We raised over $200 million uh, to go after this opportunity. Uh, I think this speaks to the fact that the first wave of automation focus on broad set of use cases across multiple industries is, is very active and still unfolding, but also the time for industry-focused specialist companies to become big is now. And uh, so we, we now have resources to go into 2021 uh, to aggressively bring our capabilities to customers in North America, which is our core geography in Europe, where we also focus on, on, on globally. And we're also very excited about building new technology and packaging it in a way that uh, solves some of the problems that we talked about. Ultimately, our focus is on making this technology as easy to use as possible because we think, as I mentioned, it is very important to enable users that do not have access to technology with, with the tools that they can easily use. We at WorkFusion do not believe that you know, billions of people at work will all learn to code. Uh, we think coding is great, but we think that uh, there is no need to code to create software systems that, that are helpful. We think with artificial intelligence and machine learning, we, we can technology can mimic a person and through that make it easier to create software bots that do useful things. And so ease of use is another access where we're planning to deploy a lot of this capital. So to summarize, I think, Shay, 2021 is going to be, in, in the six years that I've been at WorldFusion, I think we haven't seen it as good of a year as we will see uh, in the next 12 months. Wow, that's wonderful news, Alex. Uh, thanks for sharing your product roadmap and congratulations to you and the entire WorkFusion team for the new funding round. Thank you.
Well, Alex, it, it, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. We truly look forward to witnessing how your story unfolds in 2021. Um, I'm sure this session will prove to be the guiding light for several automation leaders on how to really reimagine their approach and strategy towards this fast-paced industry. Thanks once again for tuning in. We will be back soon with more action-packed podcasts to help simplify the complexities within the automation space and help you redefine your automation journeys. Have a great day, everyone. And thanks again, Alex, for joining in. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hyper-Intelligent Automation Series. Stay tuned for more such interesting episodes. You can listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. To get more insights on how you can make your automation strategy count, connect with us at info or visit our website www.zenov.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at Zinov for regular updates on our content. Thank you again for listening to the Zinov podcast.